into the arms of Davis. And the superior team all season long was the superior team tonight. And the Kentucky coronation is complete. Champions 2012. Benny Snell needs five yards to break Sonny Collins' career rushing record. They give it to Benny. Straight ahead. Ten. Five. Touchdown. And a rushing record for Benny Snell Jr. of Kentucky. The All Out Kentucky Podcast. Welcome into the All Out Kentucky Podcast, your home for the Kentucky Wildcats basketball and football program. I am your host, AJ Bradley, and I am joined, as always, by my brother and co-host, Sam Bradley. Earlier this week, we saw the Wildcats handle their business at home, defeating the LSU Tigers by a final score of 74 to 71 to move to 10 and 4 on the season and 1 and 1 within the Southeastern Conference. For the second straight game, Big Blue Nation was treated by the play of Jacob Toppin. He eclipses the 20 point mark again as he shoots an efficient 9 of 13 from the field to go along with a big three pointer made from the corner with a minute 25 left in the game, and he also sank two clutch free throws with three seconds left to secure the victory. And when we talk about efficiency, Sam, you have to mention the play of Oscar Sheboy as well. He goes seven for nine from the field. So you have two guys on the team who shoot 22 shots between them, and they make 16 of those. Yeah, that'll work, folks. Oscar was running the floor, protecting the paint, and rebounding like the beast he is as he finishes with 16 of them on the day. And when you look at the guard play on the day, it was solid as well. Cason Wallace pours in 14 points on a night where he struggles with the outside shot but was able to attack the rim. And Severe Wheeler adds 11 points as he hits three three-pointers while adding six rebounds and nine assists. Just look at the rebounding numbers from your smallest guy in the floor, and Wheeler's energy was at an all-time high. He fought for rebounds, and that was a tone setter, and the rest of the team followed. That was a point of emphasis for us going into the game, and clearly the coaching staff was thinking the same thing as us here on the podcast, and the Cats delivered, winning the rebound battle 31-22 and doubling LSU on the offensive glass, ending with 10 to the Tigers' 5. Sam, you brought up something a couple of episodes ago, and I wanted to dive into this a little bit more, but you talked about the fact that we needed to do a better job of getting the ball into our scores' hands, and certain players needed to become bigger contributors, and I think that is exactly what you have seen the last two games from this Wildcats team. As John Calipari has tightened up the rotation, and the overall efficiency of the offense has risen back up. There was no bigger piece of evidence to support that than Kentucky ending the game with only five turnovers against the team in LSU who had been forcing almost 14 and a half turnovers per game in their first 13 before playing UK. Sam, can you dive a little deeper into what has made us more successful on offense these past two games? And then let's get into the performance from from a defensive perspective as well and what needs to be cleaned up there. Yeah, absolutely, AJ. Thanks for bringing us in there. Um, It's good to be back on this podcast after a Kentucky win. Nonetheless, obviously, one within SEC play. We defended our home court, which was vital. And, you know, let's be honest, AJ. we, We kind of alluded to it in our preview last week, but this was quietly a must win game for the Kentucky Wildcats. I know it's early in the season, y'all, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but Kentucky was slipping. It seemed like we had to get a statement win and find some identity and prove that what we did against Louisville was not just a fluke because of how bad Louisville is this year, that it was us trending in the right direction. We did just that, AJ. And I'm glad that you bring up the shortening of the rotation and Kentucky kind of finding their identity within this game. 
it was critical to our success, AJ, that we shortened the bench and we found our individual roles and duties within the flow of the game. Because, I mean, you brought him up in your intro, but Severe Wheeler was fantastic, AJ. That might have been one of the best games I've seen Severe Wheeler play in a Kentucky jersey. Now, I know he's gone for way more assists, and I know he's gone for way more points at a time, guys. But it's not about that. It's about his efficiency, AJ, and his ability to get other players going. And that all came together with everyone clearly buying into their roles when they're out there on the court. And let's be honest, our point guard and Severe Wheeler was delivering it time and time again down the court. It was fun to watch. He was extremely efficient. He's shooting the ball well, AJ. I mean, he he has proven, honestly to be our second-best shooter from three-point range this season, only behind Case and Wallace. I mean, that all comes, though, with his role and the confidence that he has in that role. Do you see him making bonehead decisions and just firing off threes? No. When he has the opportunity, when he gets that extra pass to him and he's wide open from three, most oftentimes, AJ, the times you see Severe Wheeler put up a three, is off an offensive board, and Oscar Shibway's dishing it back out to him. And those are the highest percentage shots in all of basketball. That's why he's putting them up. And I love it. And how this can flow into the rest of my key takeaways is Jacob Toppin's ability to elevate his game, AJ, these last two games, has created an opportunity for the rest of our team to fully emerge themselves into their roles and their identities within this offense. Because what Severe is able to do to initiate our offense when he can trust that Jacob can be a threat in the middle of the court and mid-range, I mean, it just opens up our opportunities. It takes so much pressure off of Severe trying to create off of his own dribble. He's no longer, watch the game, y'all, he's no longer doing that. John Calabari has done an amazing job to let the game and the elevation of Jacob Toppin now alleviate the pressure of our half-court offense. It looked so much more smooth and consistent and, dare I say it, deliberate. I mean, Cal was the one that said it, AJ, but it was it, it, when we were watching it, I'm sitting there, and it was so deliberate. I mean... The intentionality of the plays we were running and the way we were slowing the ball down was clear. And you and I were both saying, AJ, like this is the team that's best out in, in pace with you know guys flying and transition baskets. And I think that's critical, but I think Cal's quickly realizing we need that to win games because you got to have eight plus or so points in transition, but it's not going to be the identity of this Kentucky Wildcats offense. We're seeing the elevation of Jacob Toppin right in front of us, be able to alleviate that pressure of getting out and running. Cause clearly we were turning the ball over more when we we're out and running AJ, there was games where we we're turning the ball over 14, 15 plus times. And that's because we're racing up and down the court, up and down the court. You mentioned it five turnovers. That's incredible. I, we said it, in the preview, how critical were every possession going to be? I mean, we said it, AJ. We couldn't turn the ball over against this very strong defensive team in LSU, and we did an excellent job of taking care of the basketball. You mentioned him as well. I mean, Oscar Sheway, dare I say anymore, he consistently has been a force to be reckoned with. He has been officially named to the midseason Wooden Allen, top 25 player of the year. He's fighting again, and I love it. It's contagious. But out of all those things, AJ, out of all the identity that we found and, and the offensive flow that we found, the biggest thing that stepped out to me was that we made winning basketball plays. We made winning basketball plays. And when you go back and you roll the tape, AJ, and you roll the tape against Michigan State, and you roll the tape against UCLA and Gonzaga and Missouri, there's points in the game where you have to make big-time plays. 
the defenses we're going to go up against here on out in SEC play, Jay, are very capable to shut down our players. Sometimes you got to listen to the announcers, and it's, they, they say it best. Well, gosh, that was great defense, but that's just better offense. And sometimes you have to elevate your play, and you have to have just better offense. And I saw that on the court. But not only offensively, defensively, AJ, high energy, high effort, desire to win plays. Oscar Shibway getting that charging call at the end of the game when he knew all game long, AJ, all game long, that Hannibal was driving straight to the basket downhill and his ability to finish under duress or get fouled was his best option. He knew that he was going to go straight to the basket and attack. He plants himself. He takes a charge for the team. And ultimately, it wins the basketball game for the Kentucky Wildcats. You've got Jacob Topping stepping up with... It was one of those shots, AJ, I texted you. No, 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 no. Yes, 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 yes. He, he, he puts up a three. Obviously, everyone in the crowd in Rob is holding their breath because that is probably not the best option. But, but here's what I have to say about that, y'all. You can complain all you want and say nine times out of ten he might have missed that. Well, statistically speaking, he's shooting you know under 30%, so maybe two times out of ten, three times out of ten. But let's not get into the details. What I'll say is, AJ, the flow of the game matters. Who was our guy all night long? Jacob Toppin. I don't have an issue with that because the kid was feeling himself. He's got his confidence back, and at the end of the game – we have to execute, and we failed to do so. And, and Cal even mentioned in his postgame presser, AJ, we still have room. We, there's still flaws. Our, our, our end of the game execution was not perfect because clearly they claw back and we only end up winning by three. However, we made enough plays to win the game, and that's a good trend to build off of because we weren't doing that prior. Now at least we're doing that. Now let's clean up the rest, AJ, and let's spread those games out to where we're winning, okay, by 10-plus, okay? But we made enough plays that were winning basketball plays. And I like it. If, if you're not going to have good offense being able to create towards the end of the game and it's a must-get basket, who's hot? Find them. Get the ball in their hands and make a play because sometimes that's the best offense for you guys at, at a point in this game. So absolutely love that. I still think we got to clean th- some things up, obviously. This is not a... The Kentucky Wildcats are back. They're a top 10 team win. However, it was a must win, and they won. So we can't sit here and nitpick. What we can do is we can continue to get better. There's clearly areas of opportunity, and it starts with this upcoming game down in Tuscaloosa. We'll get into that, AJ. But for you, we come away with, like we said, a must win in our home court, defending Rupp. It's our first SEC win. We're now at 1-1 one one in conference play. Given the, the play of the Kentucky Wildcats against LSU, what is your overall outcome and takeaway? Are you saying sitting here today, AJ, optimistic, saying we did enough that I feel extremely confident moving forward? Or are you saying, shoot, it probably was a game we should have won by 10-plus, and I'm kind of struggling to, to compensate with the fact that we didn't accomplish that goal so give it to me straight listen sam it's it is tough to win in conference play it it, it is a knockdown drag out fight every time you take the court especially within the southeastern conference so there were points of that game where kentucky could have taken more of a control and really stepped on the throat of lsu and, and taken a 12 13, 14, 15 point lead. But that's not going to happen all the time. And there's going to be nights where you have to fight. And what I did like was the energy and the way that the team played. And you outlined very elegantly what we did on offense. And like I said in my opener, only five turnovers. You had two from Sevier Wheeler, one from Kaysen Wallace, two guys who had their ball in their hands a lot of the time. Turnovers were down for Oscar Shibway, which has been an issue at times trying to pass out of the paint. So we're getting much better in that area. We're finding the ball in the post to him. I brought it up last game, Sam, but the two-man game between Jacob Toppin and Oscar Shibway, the little high-low game that they're playing right now, 
working very, very well. So a lot of good things are happening on offense. I think for Kentucky, there's still room to grow, obviously, Sam. And I'm really glad you brought up uh, what John Calipari talked about after the game. And, you know, a lot of time there's a lot of coach speak and saying things to the media um, within, you know, it's a lot of it is branding and messaging and that sort of thing. And sometimes you can get away from the truth. And I think that John Calipari has done a really good job, especially lately, with being very open and honest with the fans and the media and telling him what they've been going through and where they're falling short and what they're working on and, and all those sorts of things. And I think, at least for me, on the outside looking in, I find that very refreshing to hear from our head coach to say, hey, look, we're getting better. We're doing these things. We understand that we have areas to improve upon. And something that stuck out to me, you know, he said, they're scrimmaging a ton right now, Sam, and they're really trying to work themselves into a place where they feel comfortable and confident competing at the highest level. And I am not upset with a win. I am not going to nitpick a win, especially in conference play. So a lot of good things that the Kentucky Wildcats did there. I think for them, in order to be able to grow, Sam, there's a few areas that they need to improve upon in, in, in what I saw in this LSU game. I thought we did a good job defensively at times. We made a lot of good plays. There was the help side defense that you saw, block shots, taking the charge, different things of that nature, getting on the ground, scrapping. The, def- the, the effort on the boards has been tremendous the last couple games. You see the whole team buying into team rebounding. Sam, I brought it up earlier with Severe Wheeler. He really set that tone, Sam. Six rebounds from the smallest guy in the court. He was getting up there, and he was banging bodies. And it's contagious. You saw Jacob Toppin a few times get up there, and he finally showed that athleticism when he just gets up and he says, I can jump higher than you. I'm taking this ball from you. I don't care. You had I'm so get- glad you brought that up, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They they fought to get rebounds, and I think it was part of the identity that Cal's saying, okay, we want to get out when we have opportunities to get out in transition, AJ. We, we do. Like We want to push the pace, and I even said it. The best thing we can do is get out in transition, and if – all else fails. You're out in transition. You're getting into your sets earlier. And I think that new approach that Cal's trying to get his team to buy into also plays into what you're bringing up with the rebounding. Because, okay, now we're no longer focused about get the ball, find severe, find a guard, and get out and run immediately. We're, okay, everyone get to the boards. Like, severe, get get down there. Jacob, get down there. Grab the board, then worry about the transition. I, I I feel like that plays into a critical role of this team elevating their game as far as dominating on the board because we did, let's be honest. It was awesome to see, but for once, it wasn't just Oscar Sheboy. Yeah, absolutely, Sam, and that's that's kind of where I was headed. Um, earlier in the season, you saw a lot of the up-and-down game and the transition game and a lot of shots early in the shot clock and then what was going on because of that was when we got into the half court there's a lot of standing around and and things of that nature bringing the ball up slow and what you've seen is a point that they have made as a team we're going to get the ball up the court fast right but it's it's not to get to the basket right away and get a shot it's to get into our offense to let it start to flow and give us enough time to be able to swing the ball back and forth from one side of the court to the other and then back again and again if need be and when you do that it puts the defense in conflict it forces them to continue to rotate from guy to guy and the more they do that the more likely it is to break down so we need to need to work on getting a couple guys going, Sam. That's also what I wanted to talk about was you had the production from the top four guys, right? But there's Chris Livingston sitting in the lineup with – didn't impact the game a whole ton the other night. Still did some things. He hit the three to start the game off. Obviously, his three-point shot was not falling the other night. He only goes, what, one of five from the three-point line, so – Now's the time to start to get these other guys involved and start to have them become stars in their roles. Even if they are just smaller roles, 
they are still vital to this team's success. And if you can start to have the likes of Chris Livingston and Damian Collins and um, Antonio Reeves, sorry, getting your getting you some production with the within those minutes that they're playing. I think you're going to see a Kentucky team that can really start to take that next level. And so looking to see where that goes, but the structure of the offense, the flow of the offense is all in a really good place right now, Sam, something that they can definitely build on. And a few things defensively, defensively I wanted to touch about the LSU game and then we'll move forward. But two guys we talked about before the game, Sam, KJ Williams, we, we let him get going he hit a couple three-pointers where we didn't get a hand up and get out there fast enough. You saw the Kentucky Wildcats get a little confused on what they wanted to do with some of those high pick and rolls. Went under the screen on a few of them. They couldn't really figure out like if they wanted to switch or if they weren't going to switch. And so we'll get into that more because I think that's going to be another key factor in this Alabama game. But have a game plan going in. It seemed like there was a little bit of communication error, so you let some of those guys get going. You let Adam Miller really find his stroke, and he's a good player. I talked about him before, the transfer from Illinois. The guy can absolutely stroke it, the lefty from downtown, and you gave him some some open looks early, and he really started to feel himself and almost became a real big issue down the stretch. So, you know, Sam, you talked about him. We talked about him on the um, preview episode. Hannibal, guy can really get downhill. Only allowed him to get five baskets. You know, he goes five, six from the floor, and then Oscar takes the big charge on him. So would have liked to see a little bit better, but the guy is dynamic getting to the basket, and he made some really tough shots. But we made him work all night, which is what I really liked. And so there were some lapses at time, but overall a strong defensive effort from the Kentucky Wildcats. They did enough. And Sam, you couldn't have said it better earlier the winning basketball plays. It was very, very nice to see the Kentucky Wildcats making winning basketball plays. And even when things started to not go down their their way down the stretch, it wasn't a panic. It wasn't a, we're going to poop our pants and walk away with a one-point loss and leave everyone devastated. They made enough plays to win the game and get it done. And... You know, Sam, it was a good win against LSU, but this next matchup is going to be even tougher, and the Kentucky Wildcats are going to take their show on the road, and there really is no bigger test than this road test that the Wildcats will get against the seventh-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide, who are the real deal, and probably the best team the Wildcats have faced this season, in my opinion. Alabama is a team who is loaded with talent and is efficient on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. They have arguably played the toughest schedule to date of any team in college basketball and hold a 12-2 and record to go along with a top 10 ranking. And when you look at the Tide, there is one thing that sticks out and has ever since Nate Oates became the head coach back in the 2020 season, and that is the pace at which this team plays. Going into the weekend, Ken Palm has Alabama rated as the number two team in the nation when it comes to adjusted tempo. So that just shows you that they are not like most teams, Sam. You can turn on the tape and see that this team is looking to run and they are very comfortable in that position. Another staple of this Alabama team has been the three-point shot. In this season, they shoot on average 28 three-pointers a game and do that at a 34.8% clip. Sam, 14 games in, there is no denying that Alabama has a star in freshman Brandon Miller who leads the team at 19.1 points per game and is second on the team in rebounding at 8.6 per game and has established himself as the best player on one of the best teams in the country. Can you talk to me about his game a little bit and then dive into the other players to watch out for as the Tide have a new crew this season headlined by three McDonald's All-Americans and two high-level transfers in Mark Sears and Namari Burnett to go alongside with Javon Quinterly in his third season down in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I mean... This is a dynamic team. This is a very good 
Alabama Crimson Tide basketball team. Their performance to this date is honestly one of the best resumes in all of college basketball. You said it, AJ. We could sit here and we could make the argument that this might be the toughest matchup that Kentucky has faced year to date. They have two losses on the season, AJ, one of which was a neutral site loss to number four UConn, and the other loss was at home, but it was to the same Gonzaga Bulldogs team that whooped up on Kentucky earlier in the season. They played them a little tighter than we did. They've got stapled top 25 wins game after game. They, they're just a tough out, AJ, and you said it. It's, it's led by freshman star Brandon Miller. I mean, he is, to this point in the season, everywhere I'm reading, he's a Sherlock for probably a top five pick in the upcoming NBA lottery draft, AJ, and, and rightfully so. This guy's 6'9", 200 pounds, and he can break you down. I mean, he can do it in a lot of ways. He's can, he can score at all three levels on the basketball court. And he's dynamic, AJ. He, he, he really is. And he's surrounded by strong talent. For once, Alabama is such a dynamic team because they play with such a high tempo, like you alluded to earlier, the second-rated high tempo in the entire country. And then they also have Noah Clowney, who is the SEC's second best big to the date so far, AJ. He is going to be a tough matchup for Oscar Sheway. Now, when I say that, now don't go grabbing your pitchforks and show outside my apartment here in a couple of minutes because I know who Oscar Sheway is, so don't worry about that. But I will say, Clowney can get his. I mean, he is almost averaging a double-double. He's six foot ten. He's got 9.8 points per game, 8.7 rebounds, which is second in the SEC, only behind Oscar Shibway. This team can do it in multiple ways. That's what makes them so deadly, AJ. They can get out in transition. They can push the pace. They average, it's insane. They average the second most possessions right now because all they're doing is flying. But they also have the ability to break you down, down low. And they've got a great point guard leading it in Sears, AJ. He, he does a fantastic job initiating the offense for them and pushing the pace. It's going to be a full plate challenge. It, it really is. And we, as Kentucky, have to enforce our style of basketball. We cannot buy in to the Alabama Crimson Tide style of basketball where we are flying up and down the court and we are trying to outscore them in the 80s plus range. I'm not going to I'm not going to have confidence in our ability to beat this Alabama team if we have to score over 80 something points AJ. 85 points or so. I mean I, I can be comfortable with high 70s, low 80s, but goodness gracious, we we don't want to buy in to their style of play. Let's enforce our will and let's make sure that we get back in transition. I, I don't care if it's a made basket. Th this is just like Missouri, AJ. Hopefully we learned something from playing Missouri because I don't care if it's a made basket or if it's a miss. You got to get back. You, you absolutely have to get back because we cannot afford to give them easy transition buckets because they can already break you down in the half court with the, the ability of Brandon Miller to be able to break you down off the dribble. I mean, I'm telling you that. So we've got to be physical, and we really have to enforce our style of play. I think that's my most key opportunity for the Kentucky Wildcats tomorrow afternoon. With this dynamic of a, a basketball team, AJ, and this high-tempoed offense, what does Kentucky need to do specifically to slow down this Alabama team? Or – would you disagree with me and you think that the Kentucky Wildcats should keep this high tempo pace? And do you think we have the high caliber offense to keep up with them? Well, Sam, I'll start here. I think, I think we have the offensive firepower to keep up with them. I mean, I think you saw it last game, even against a, a stout team in, in LSU, we were able to put up 74 points and I thought that we left some points 
out there on the floor as well. We we could have been up over eighty points in that game. And Sam, we 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 literally just got done talking about the decisiveness of this Kentucky offense and how we have made it a point in the past couple of games to not get into that track meet style of basketball game. For us, that just creates more opportunities for us to turn the ball over and to do things that have gotten us away from winning basketball. So we don't want to get in that type of game with them. We'll run up and down some. I'm not saying that. But you want to play a track track meet style game right now? No. Because this is a team, like I said in my intro, who feels very comfortable in that world. So let's pull them out of their world and make them enter our world. The world where we are going to force them to execute at a high level in the half-court offense to get baskets against us. We are going to force them to bang bodies down low to get offensive rebounds. This is a team, Sam, that does a good job getting on the offensive glass, just like Kentucky. So it is going to be an absolute war on the boards, on both sides of the ball. And Kentucky's going to have to do a really good job of digging deep and fighting hard and as a team coming away with those rebounds. We also need to do a really good job like you said, of getting back. We have to have learned from the Missouri game, Sam, whether it's a made basket or a missed basket. You have to have guys back because this team is looking to take the top off the defense. They're like a football team that likes to chuck it deep all the time, and they are always hunting the big play. That is Alabama basketball, okay? They want to get it up as fast as they can they want to get off a shot as fast as they can and then they're going to send these guys to the glass we talked about this last game sam but i think that again the turnover battle is absolutely massive in this game when you break down this alabama team's film you look at them metrically the one area of their team that is not good is turnover sam defensively They do not do a good job of forcing many steals, and they do not block a lot of shots, okay? On offense, because of the style of basketball that they play, the run-and-gun style, they turn the ball over a lot. So for this Kentucky Wildcats basketball team, same sort of thing you did against LSU. Value the ball. Value your possessions, okay? Get up and get out there to set up your offense. Don't be running to take a quick three unless you have the numbers in transition. You saw it last game. When we had a chance to get out in transition, we got it up the the court fast and we got those dunks and easy layups, right? But we weren't forcing it to a point where I'm just going to go because I feel like I have numbers and I really don't know if I do or not. So you're going into a very hostile environment, right? That gym is going to be rowdy. They are going to be fired up. The last time they had a team of this magnitude there was the Gonzaga game, Sam, and they lost. So you know that that crowd is going to be lit on fire. Regardless of Kentucky not being in the top 25 right now, regardless of any of the recent struggles, you know how big this game is. And it's a huge opportunity for the Kentucky Wildcats to win a statement road game against a definitive top 10 team in the country walk away and go home at two and one in the sec conference with a chance to very easily jump back up into that top 25 mix and let's take this out a second sam and let's rewind a week and a half two weeks ago bbn was very on edge there are a lot of people in the media and on social media talking about how The Kentucky Wildcats aren't very good, and people are putting articles out calling our head coach the Jimbo Fisher of college basketball, and people want to run their mouths and say all these things about the Kentucky Wildcats because we lost a few basketball games, right? Well, guess what? Now's our opportunity to shut everyone up and to declare that the Kentucky Wildcats are here to stay for this basketball season by going on the road. You know it's going to be tough, Sam. Alabama is going to get their baskets. They're going to get out and run at times. You have to be able to weather those storms. 
this is a huge chance for me, for you, for the rest of Big Blue Nation to see what this team is really made about. Are we mentally tough enough? Are we physically tough enough? Are we together enough as a team to come together and do all of the little things that we need to do to make the winning plays to be able to come away with a victory? And I think we do, Sam. I really do. I think there's a lot of momentum building with this Kentucky Wilds, Kentucky Wildcats basketball team. Like I outlined, I think there are some areas of this Alabama team that we can attack and be have some success in. And if we can keep it close, we can give ourselves a chance. And all you got to do is make a few plays down the stretch. So do you see some of those holes on this Alabama team that we can take advantage of? Or is this some somewhere where, hey, Kentucky has to play the absolute perfect game to come away with a victory? Or is there enough of a margin of error for us to make a few mistakes here and there, but still be able to go on the road and come away with a victory? No, I mean, it, we got to play great. Don't get me wrong. I mean, part of it is who this Alabama team is, but another part of it is we're going to be in that hostile environment and that's going to make it more difficult at times. Those runs are going to feel bigger, louder, stronger, and you have to limit those runs, AJ. You, you really do. I mean, you have to weather those storms. You have to remain your composure and you, you've got to keep fighting. I mean, you cannot stop fighting for two minute stretches, three minute stretches. You can't let that happen. You have to stay engaged for 40 minutes. We need the Kentucky Wildcats to play a 40-minute game. You can't play 35. You can't play 37. You can't play 38, AJ. you got to play a 40-minute game. I do see holes in this Alabama team. I mean, I look at their losses, AJ. I look at the loss to Gonzaga. They gave up 100 points. I look at some of their their defensive efforts. I mean, Memphis, they gave up 88 points. I mean, they're still a top 20 team defensively, metrically, which is crazy because they gave up that many points to some of those teams. Yeah, because it's about efficiency for the metrics that that we're looking at there. And and statistically speaking, the amount of possessions that they give to their opponents, yeah, they're they're still in that running for a top 25 defense. But I'm telling you, the the holes are there and we have to we have to execute and we got to hit shots but the holes are there i mean they they are not the most sound defense that's for sure but but it is more to me about doing the little things aj we've started to show our attention to detail and lock in and i think that plays such a critical role in our ability to keep this thing close and win down the stretch i mean we're obviously going to have to make winning basketball plays but for me, it, it more so starts defensively, AJ. I, I really do think that we've got to show that we are an elite defense because I think earlier in this season, AJ, we showed that we are one of the most elite defenses in the country. I mean, there for a second, Ken Palm ratings, we were about the two or three, number three off or defense, excuse me, in the entire country. We have to show that we we are that brand. We are, because I think for us to win basketball games going forward, AJ, we're going to have to have extremely good defense that leads to good offense, because that is a recipe for success for this Kentucky Wildcats team. And if you can get this Alabama team to put up errant shots at times that are lead to quick rebounds and outlets, I mean, that is great offense for the Kentucky Wildcats. So I am way more focused on this Kentucky defensive effort come tomorrow afternoon. I I really am. I mean, I need everyone engaged defensively. We can't have guys standing around because I've watched the tape, AJ. I I watched Alabama's last game against Ole Miss. If an Ole Miss defender fell asleep for two seconds, they would rotate the ball and they would put up a three. You said it. They put up so many shots. 28 a game on average. 28 a game, AJ. So you cannot, and I mean this, you cannot have a hand down. You cannot stay engaged. Just because you're off ball and you're you're out on the, the corner perimeter does not mean you can be unengaged because the ball's not on your side of the court. It's got to be a five-person effort 
and you have to lock on to your defender, and you've got to get a hand up. You got, and we have to do a better job. I'm glad you mentioned it earlier, and you you said you previewed it. We're going to get back into this, and here it comes. Our switching, they run a lot. I mean, every every team does, but they run a lot of high ball screen, and they like to get action off of a a floppy action, which is when a guy is just running from the baseline agent and he's going through a screen as well. So they'll they'll do a high screen up top. And then a guy is getting a screen down towards the, the bottom, and they're looking for that second pass because that's when your defender falls asleep and they just immediately put up a three. What it comes down to is our communication and what our game plan is. Are we switching? Are we drop coveraging? Or are we trying to physically impose our will and fight through every screen? We have to have an identity tomorrow. I think we switch everything because we have the size to keep up with this team. They like to run with some guards. Mark Sears is only 6'1", AJ. We've got uh, Quinterly at 6'1". I mean, we can keep up with them. We can switch. I have confidence in our guards. I have confidence in our bigs. But we have to know our game plan, and we have to execute defensively because this is a team, 28 threes a game. They shoot at a 38% clip. If you're letting them get their shots off and their good looks, they're going to hit them. And we can't afford those. We, we can't. We can't give them baskets. They're, you already said it. They're going to get their own. I mean, they, they can break us off, down off the dribble. They've got a NBA lottery pick on their team, which can go and get his baskets, and he will at times. But if you're also handing them free three-pointers, I mean, you might as well pack it up and go back to, to Lexington. So I, that plays a critical role, in my opinion, AJ, is just what – kind of defensive brand of basketball are we going to put out on the court because that will win us this game great defense will lead to better offense for us yeah sam and you you really you stole the world words right out of my mouth because i had here in my notes and that's why i wanted to bring it back up but i just said no no what know what your game plan is going in are you going to switch any everything or like you said sam do you want to play this game where you're fighting through and you're only switching in certain scenarios but there's been times, and especially highlighted in that LSU game, where it almost seemed like we either forgot our defensive game plan or we decided to go rogue because we figured that what we could do something else that might work better. But trust your game plan. Have a plan going in. Know what, know what that is. And then if you need to adjust, adjust accordingly. But it's got to be consistent. Everyone's got to know the plan. And that comes down to communication, and that was the other thing that I wrote down for our defensive effort. That and rebounding, which I already talked about, and, and that's, a, that's a team effort and communication thing again right there. So if we can do those things, limit the fast break points. They're going to get some, but make it tough and limit it. When you're getting back in transition defense, communicate, pick up a guy, don't just run back to run back, and then Sam, the one thing the one thing that will piss me off beyond belief tomorrow is if we score a basket and we let one up over our head in transition, you cannot, cannot afford in any game, let alone a game against a top 10 opponent on the road, to get a basket in transition off of your own made basket. Cannot happen. It cannot happen tomorrow. can do that, get out and run a little bit on our own. I think the Kentucky Wildcats can have a good shot at going on the road, potentially pulling the upset. Before we wrap up our preview of this Bama-Kentucky game, Sam, I'm going to throw it back to you. If you have anything else that you want to add for the listeners to look out in this high-powered matchup tomorrow. You know, I, I do. We didn't mention it when we were recapping the LSU game, as far as I can remember, but it plays a critical role in tomorrow afternoon's matchup against this Alabama team. And it's kind of hidden in the attention to detail and execution piece that we've mentioned, but free throw shooting, AJ. It was a lot better last game against LSU. The Kentucky Wildcats go 11 for 14 from the line, 78.6% from the line. That is a massive reason the Kentucky Wildcats came away with a victory because you know what LSU did? They did a great job at the line, too. They shot 80%, 8 for 10, AJ. You can't lose the game at the line. If we want to play physical basketball and get to the line, then we have 
to continue to hit our free throws. We have to. So we will pay close attention to that. But these guys have to understand that that plays a critical role when you're trying to win a basketball game on the road. Those are baskets that you earned, you fought for. So take them and do not give them away. You can't. I love it, Sam. I love it. And I know you and I and the rest of Big Blue Nation will be tuned in tomorrow afternoon to watch the Kentucky Wildcats take on the Alabama Crimson Tide with a chance to extend their record to 2-1 and one within the Southeastern Conference and start to put together a little bit of a winning streak. And with that, Sam, we will roll on to the last segment of today's podcast episode. And we haven't done it in a little while, but we're getting back to it. We're going to hop into our AOK College Basketball Picks. And Sam... When we look at our picks so far, we each have made eight. We took a week off over the Christmas holiday, but before that, we'll refresh everybody's memory. Going into the second week of picks, I was in the lead with six points from week one to your two points, and after week two, Sam, you have made up a lot of ground. You went three and four on your picks. These were the games that we had talked about the same day that Kentucky played UCLA. Kentucky was actually one of my picks that day. I went two of four. Sam was able to grab three victories for teams who were not on their own home court. So after two weeks and eight picks, you have myself, AJ, at nine points, going five of eight on my picks, and you have Sam at eight points, going four of eight on his pick. So it is a tight battle. After two weeks, we're going to do four more picks each for the loaded Saturday college basketball slate. And next week, we will be back to update you guys on the standings, and we'll do four more. And before we get the picks real quick as well, it's going to be a big weekend in the SEC, Sam. So Expect us back with another episode on Tuesday, breaking down the Alabama game. Sam and I will also give you guys our updated SEC basketball power rankings. We did that a couple weeks ago as well. Every team's going to have played three or four games within the conference. Some things are getting shaken up. Some teams are starting to separate themselves a little bit. So we'll go back to those power rankings again on Tuesday. But let's get back to the picks, Sam, and... I'll start us off. I'm going back to the well, my friend. I have a really good feeling about this Kentucky basketball team right now. Maybe I'm going a little overboard here, but I'm going to take them. I'm going to take them straight up in this matchup against the Alabama Crimson Tide. I see some chinks in the armor of the Crimson Tide. If Kentucky can put together a game in which I know they're capable of, like you talked about, that full 40 minutes, I think that we can go on the road in a hostile environment and, again, grab a victory. And this is really that statement game that Kentucky says, we're here, we're back. You You try to knock us out, you try to knock us down, but all that did, we got up stronger, and we're coming back and ready to play. So I think Kentucky can go on the road. I'll take them at Alabama and then... My second pick, Sam, before I throw it back to you, is another game in the SEC that I I have my eyes on, and I've been watching both of these teams really closely. And You have the Arkansas Razorbacks traveling on the road to play against the Auburn Tigers, and Auburn right now is a top 25-ranked team. I don't think they're anywhere near that good. I think that they are quite an overrated basketball team, and I've been waiting for a spot to fade them and have them being exposed a little bit. I know they're on their own home court. I haven't seen the spread on this game, actually. I would assume that Arkansas is going to be a favorite regardless of the fact that they're on the road. Should be a tough game, but Auburn just doesn't do enough offensively for me. They struggle at times. I don't see enough of an identity there yet for them to be able to pull out a win against a good Arkansas team who who is down a couple of their key players due to injuries. 
but I still think that Arkansas can go on the road and gut one out and get one against a team in Auburn who I don't think necessarily is as good as their ranking indicates right now. So I will take Kentucky and I will take Arkansas both on the road looking for, you know, pad those stats a little bit, get those points up for your boy uh, with getting some road wins from these teams. So Sam, those are my first two picks. We'll get your first two picks as well, and we'll go from there. Well, you're actually going to get Arkansas as the slight underdog. As of right now that I'm seeing it, Auburn is flavored by one and a half. Kind of surprising to me as well, but good opportunity for you to to try to spread your lead out because I'm coming, and I'm locking in, AJ, and I'm starting this week with a Big Ten matchup. Wisconsin is hitting the road as the number 14 team in the country, and they are taking on the Illinois Illini. Wisconsin in this matchup, AJ, on the road is, as I see it, the six-and-a-half-point underdog, actually. For a familiar name to all of Big Blue Nation, Sky Clark, their point guard, one of their point guards, mind you, has officially stated he is stepping away from the program for the time being. Sounds like he's got some personal issues that he's addressing. Hope all the best for Sky, but I do think this bodes well for the Wisconsin Badgers on the road in a Big Ten matchup. This is an opportunity to add to the resume that the Badgers have put so far. They're sitting at 11-2, and this could be a key road victory within the Big Ten to add to that resume. Look for Wisconsin to win outright and obviously cover in this instance. Then we will shift over to a Big 12 matchup, AJ. We've got Baylor at home taking on an extremely impressive, in my honest opinion, AJ, Kansas State team. I think Kansas State is a good ball club. They have showed that they can stick with some of the top talent in the entire NCAA. And I do think that they are going to be a tough out. However, I watched Baylor play the other night, AJ. And although they struggled at times, this is a very good Baylor team. I do have Baylor defending their home court. They're favored by six, and I've got them winning that and covering because I I like what they put out. I like the brand of basketball they play, and I think that home crowd's going to play a critical role because they are going to be rocking and rolling tomorrow afternoon. All right, my friend. Not a a bad pick to fade Illinois right now. That's a team that seems to be um, in free fall a little bit. They've lost some games, a little turbulent there. You have Sky Clark stepping away from the program, so... Definitely not headed in the right direction. They they could use a big-time win on their own home court, but um, like you said, the Wisconsin Badgers will look to spoil their fun tomorrow. And for my next pick, Sam, I'm going to go. I know I was in the SEC for my first two. We're staying close to home, but we're going to travel a little bit to the East Coast here, and we have a game tomorrow that is really intriguing to me with two teams, uh, maybe not on a ton of people's radar, but a couple teams I've actually watched play a few times this year, and that is the Clemson Tigers traveling on the road to play Pittsburgh. And when you look at the Pitt Panthers, they have a couple good wins this season. They, They have been able to put together a nice stretch to start their season. Same with Clemson. And I think both of these teams are kind of stuck in that area of around the 40 to 50 ranking range and teams that could ultimately find their way into the NCAA tournament, whether that be continuing to play well in their conference in conference and then in their conference tournament potentially winning it i mean you look at the acc right now there's there's really not a one team that just extremely sticks out in in everyone's mind right now so these are two teams that i think if they continue on this path and play good basketball they have a chance to be there in that conference at the end and i'm going to take the Pitt panthers on their home court i think they are going to be fired up to play this game I know a lot of people um, are sports fans in general, as am I myself. So 
you know, if you're paying attention this week, it was very hard to miss the coverage of what was going on with DeMar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills. Amazing to see him start to recover. Amazing the people that helped to save his life and all that's going on there. But he's a product of the Pitt Panthers. He is from the Pittsburgh area. I see an inspired effort from the Pitt Panthers on Saturday to honor him the best way they know how to go out there and to fight. And I think they'll be able to get a victory against a good Clemson team. And then Sam, for my last pick, I'm also going to go over to the Big 12 and it looks like the Big 12 might be the best conference in basketball right now, Sam. A lot of really good teams. It is a gauntlet, as is the SEC, and there's a lot of really good games throughout the course of the season, and one I've got my eye on is two teams who have played really good basketball so far this year, and that's Iowa State and TCU. And For TCU right now, you got Mike Miles Jr., and this guy can absolutely score the basketball he is on a giant tear right now he was injured earlier in the season they struggled a little bit but still have been able to come away with a 13 and one record they find themselves in the top 25 and it's because of his play he is one of the guys in the country who's just an absolute game changer can go out there and get a bucket whenever he wants and for that reason i'm going to take the tcu horn frogs they're going to be fired up their football team is in the national championship game on Monday night. It's going to be absolutely rowdy at that basketball stadium on Saturday. Give me the TCU Horn Frogs over the Iowa State Cyclones for my next pick. And that's my four, Sam. I will give you the floor to give your last two picks and then we'll wrap it up and get out of here. Yeah, I like that TCU pick, AJ. They obviously very slightly edged out Baylor the other night. That was a very exciting game that I actually tuned into. Um, Two extremely potent teams that can definitely pose for a deep run later in March. But I'm actually going to be picking out of two very familiar teams to the Big Blue Nation as we have taken on both of them in a in-state rivalry matchup at Michigan State, we've got the Michigan State Spartans taking on the U of M Wolverines. The Wolverines fan base is struggling right now. They are hurting deep down. They are just beside themselves because their Wolverines it's team beautiful. Could, it's could absolutely not make beautiful, it Sam. to the College National Football Championship. It is a sight to see. And I think that sorrow continues on the basketball court, AJ. I have... The MSU Spartans, they're favored by four, four and a half I've seen, and I've got the MSU Spartans winning at home against Michigan. They're starting to find their swagger again, AJ. They're starting to come together. They're winning basketball games over and over again in a true fashion, just the way you think a Tom Izzo-led team would. They've got five in a row rolling, and they're looking stronger by the day. Yeah, Sam, you know, they they had some injuries there for a little bit, and what they've been able to do is they've been able to develop some of the younger guys and build some of that depth with some of the better players being out. They're starting to get healthier just in time for conference play. They were able to get a win a couple weeks ago against Penn State on the road. They had a couple easier games, let themselves get healthy, and now they're ready to roll for this gauntlet. And it's a good thing for Kentucky. This is why, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's a good thing for Kentucky because when you look at that game and the way that it went down, you're looking at a Michigan State team that's probably going to be right there in the mix of the NCAA tournament at the end of the season. In that game, you know, they were trending there for a minute. Oh, maybe it doesn't look so good that we lost to them. But when you looked at that team fully healthy and the way we played them at the beginning of the season, that was a challenging game for us. So, 100%. Yeah. And we want our resume to be built stronger by their resume. So, totally agree with you. I think they get the win at home. Tyson Walker has started to emerge for that team as a go to option. My only concern for the Spartans is can they limit Hunter Dickinson enough? Now, nobody in the country, in my honest opinion, can limit Hunter Dickinson fully, but can they do enough to slow him down to get the win at home? That'll be the only thing that I'm concerned of, but I've got MSU at home. My last pick of the week, AJ, we will head over 
as Xavier is on the road. They're taking on, at the moment, the unranked Villanova team. And I do think this is a very intriguing matchup. I have Xavier on the road, plus one and a half, getting this win over Villanova. I really like what I've seen from Xavier. They play a tough brand of basketball and i think they have the type of team aj that can go on the road and get program staple wins to build their resume i really do i like the style of ball they are playing this season so look for them on the road to grab an upset win and continue building that top 25 resume all right there you have it folks four picks from sam four picks from aj We updated you on the standings. I have a one-point lead right now, but a long way to go in this college basketball season. Again, Sam, we will all be tuned in this weekend. Excited for the big matchup down in Tuscaloosa with the Kentucky Wildcats and the Alabama Crimson Tide. I appreciate your time tonight coming on, Sam. Appreciate everybody listening. If you haven't yet, Please go on Twitter, follow Sam at SamBrad66, follow myself at Andrew underscore J Bradley. More importantly, follow the podcast at AO Kentucky Pod. Share with your friends. You can like it, retweet us, go online, give us a review. It helps us out. It helps to grow the AO Kentucky brand. Again, Sam, I appreciate your time tonight. Appreciate everybody listening, and go Cats. See y'all. There's only one thing left to say. Oh, C-A-T-S, Cats, Cats, Cats.